Hey, it's John Hyatt, and you're listening to WMNF Tampa. Hi, I'm Jennifer McTritus, Chair of the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Tune in to 88.5 FM and WMNF.org to hear interviews with our volunteer programmers, music you won't hear anywhere else, and informative news. Our Diversity and Inclusion Committee is excited to connect with organizations and individuals that support our local area. Thank you for keeping our community strong, and we want to help you make a difference. Let's do this together by emailing diversity at WMNF.org. The opinions presented on the Healthy Steps show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Hello out there in Radio Land, and welcome to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. You are invited to participate in today's discussion, or if you have any medical questions, by calling 813-239-9663 or sending an email to dj at wmnf.org. You can also text us at 813-433-0885. Good morning to you, Dr. Fred. To be honest with our listening audience, I don't know what our topic is going to be this morning, so I'm telling you what. WMNF gives me a whole chair to sit in, but I really don't need it all because I'm just sitting on the edge of it because I'm so excited about what you have for us today. So, Dr. Harvey, the floor is yours. Thank you, Bill, for another wonderful Monday morning, uh, enlightening and amusing introduction. My pleasure. Welcome. So, thank you so much. Um, I decided to try and align some of the shows this month with the mission of WMNF, and this month is Mental Health Month. So today I wanted to explore a bit of the issues surrounding depressed mood. You know, we've had a lot of stress for the last couple of years, and a lot of people are exhibiting symptoms of what the community, the medical establishment community, is labeled as depression. Depressed mood is a very uh, prevalent thing in our society. It's been around since we were born, essentially. And society's views of mental illnesses like depression have varied widely over the millennia. You know, many cultures in the past, like the Chinese, the Babylonians, and the Egyptians believed that demons or spirits caused the problems. Beatings, shaking, and starvation were used to drive out these parasitic spirits. In the Greco-Roman era, the thought originated that these problems were caused by physical imbalances in the body fluids called the humors. Yet at the same time, Cicero, Greek or a, a, a philosopher of Rome, believed that there were these these problems originated in the mind. They were psychological in origin. Um, so there was already a division about what we thought about this and how we approached it. It makes it difficult to to uh, uh, really uh, you know treat these things appropriately when we have such diverse ideas about it. By the time we got to the common era, um, post birth of Christ, the Catholic domination of the Western psyche and culture. Uh, ramped up, and by the Middle Ages, people again began to believe that demons, witches, and 
possessions were the culprits. Exorcisms, drownings, and burning were the preferred treatments of the day. You know, if if you couldn't, if they did, if they survived the burning, they were obviously a witch. But if they died, oh well, we guess we drove the witch out. I'm not sure. <laughs> not not really the most appropriate methodology. Um, the Renaissance and the sub subsequent age of enlightenment uh, brought us a whole new way to denigrate these impaired individuals. At that point, society decided they're morally bereft and permanently damaged due to inheriting the condition of weak temperament. Um, so the entire uh, abuse of mental health became rather um, um, completely uh, joined into um, our, our psyche. And, and so people began to think that lunatics you know, labeled lunatics, um, should be locked away in asylums, away from the good people that are morally intact. And by the 20th century, we developed even more labels. There was a label developed for mania. Psychoanalysis was developed to explore the subconscious. And some people believed that the problem was emotional. Others believed that it was a brain disorder. And Freud proposed that um, cognitive behavioral therapy developed by those people who um, believe that the pro problem is conscious, not subconscious. And so we work both in and out on the brain trying to get people to get better, but we still didn't have a good, complete, comprehensive answer for it. And then, and then later in the 20th century, we had an, an expansion of industrial science. And we discovered that there are chemicals of communication the neurotransmitters. And there's been much published in the last couple of decades on this. Great books like uh, The Biology of Belief and Molecules of Emotion are wonderful texts. Um, Biology of Belief is by James Lipton and uh, Molecules of Emotion by Candace Pert. We also know that the endocrine communication molecules called hormones affect mood and consciousness, and that the immune system communicates with these chemicals called cytokines. We know about the cytokines from these last few years of COVID because COVID is rather than being an infection, it's a, an inflammation triggered by an infection, and we call it a cytokine storm. People that get affected this way have mood and cognition affected. They get sullen, withdrawn, and angry. We've developed an industry that creates pharmaceutical chemicals that interact with the receptors in our nervous system that the natural chemicals use to communicate. And many of these chemicals alter the metabolism of the neurotransmitters, such as the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors like Prozac and Paxil. None of these chemicals actually really address the root cause of mood issues, but they treat the symptoms by altering chemical levels in the brain that seem to change our mood. But ongoing, we found that you know, research has shown us that there are many factors involved in mood disorders. The label major depressive disorder was just added in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual number five, DSM-5, which came out in, I think, 2013. Uh, basically, it was a committee of Psychiatrists got together and created a set of labels that describes behaviors and symptoms, but doesn't really include in the definition of any of these disorders any information regarding pathophysiology, in other words, the causes of the disorder. We know that some things actually have root cause in, in some genetic and anatomic changes like bipolar disorder. We know that 
uh, one iteration of bipolar has a problem with the chemical uh, uh, nature of the way the nerves actually cause electrical signals to move. And in schizophrenia, there's a hard wiring that changes the way we perceive things. But in general, mood changes like depressed mood aren't really necessarily a specific disease, though they've been labeled and treated as such without evidence. The health in men study, um, that link will be on the Healthy Steps um, show page. Um, the HIMSS study looked at 41,000 men in Western Australia. And this study linked mental health issues with mood and cognition changes. It revealed that many medical conditions are associated with depressed mood. Initially, it was intended to study cardiovascular disease and uh, aortic aneurysms, but it revealed that a history of diabetes, cardiovascular events, elevated C-reactive protein, which is a risk factor for cardiac events, elevated triglycerides and homocysteine levels were all associated with depressed mood. That doesn't mean they're associated with major depressive disorder, but simply a change in mood. In addition, lowered hormone levels, free testosterone levels, were associated with triple the risk of depressed mood. And increased education level, increased exercise, lowered saturated fat in, uh, in the diet correlated, correlated with a less depressed mood. So we can see from this really interesting study, um, this is from 10 years ago, that mood is not necessarily all in your head. In fact, it's a myth that it is all in your head and that simple neurotransmitter imbalances are the reason for it. Many metabolic factors align to create a mood. Psycho-spiritual factors are also directly involved. And loss is something we must all live through. And that takes us to a different area of concern, which I'll address after we do a station identification. Yes, let's do that. It's a little bit quiet around here, and I want to let people know that they're listening to the Healthy Steps Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. And we're looking forward to your participation and expect you to call 813-239-9663 and send your emails to dj at wmnf.org. And if all you got is a smartphone, you can text us at 813-433-0885. All right, let's get those phones rolling. Beautifully done, Bill. Thank you. So most of you know me from my on-air personality. And as you know, I'm pretty high energy. It has not always been this easy. Three years ago, actually, no, it's almost four years ago now, I lost my best friend, my big sister, spiritual big sister. And the previous host of this radio show. I did not really understand grief until I lost Eve. Grief is a natural response to loss. Grief may last years after significant loss. I grieved for three years for the death of my best friend. I had no idea that I was grieving. My personality had changed, but I didn't realize it because I was living the life. I pushed through. I was there for my other best friend, Dennis, her husband, on practically a daily basis after she passed because he was hurting worse than I was. 
that dedicated time to our relationship helped to keep me stable. But it wasn't bringing me out of grief. It just kept me from going into a deeper mood, a deeper, lower mood. I wasn't in a major depressive disorder. I was in a grief. And it took me three years, four years almost to get out of it. And the treatment for grief is love. You need connection to treat grief. It's not a medication. No one. I say again, no one should be put on an antidepressant in the six months after a loss and possibly even consider two years. But during that time, they need relationship therapy. They need connection therapy. And it's really sometimes difficult for the grieving because they tend to push away that help. It's difficult to break through grief sometimes. But things that really do help is keeping a daily routine, keeping a solid diet, and keeping an exercise routine and getting a good sleep pattern. All of these things are very healing. But love is the key. And though during that three-year period, I was blessed enough to meet the love of my life, it still wasn't quite enough. I still was grieving until last fall, when I met my tribe, I found a group of people that's so sharing and so giving and so loving that they lifted my spirits. They blew the walls away from my heart and the grief went away. And I looked back and I realized I'm not grieving anymore. I was so amazed that I actually had been grieving. I, I, my, my heart was so open and my energy was so high that I finally realized that I had been three years of grieving and I didn't even know it. So if you see someone who you know is struggling with loss, someone with mood issues of any kind, one of the best things we can do is just be there for them. Just listen. Don't offer advice. Just be there to hang on to. Many people are feeling grief and sad mood these days with the massive changes going on in our society. And this is not going to stop. The pandemic is just the start. The current economic changes are not going away. So we must deal with these challenges and forge ahead and support each other because it's through groups that we actually can do this. There are many natural supports that we can use for mood. Testing of chemicals of communication, the neurotransmitters, it's available. I've been using it for 20 years. Unfortunately, psychiatrists mostly do not avail themselves of this modern and useful technology. It can help to direct nutritional support and even pharmaceutical treatment. It can even assess what damage the pharmaceutical treatment is doing because I have watched over time SSRIs, Prozac and Paxil, deplete the neurotransmitter serotonin that it's actually working on because it alters the metabolism. We can do testing for genetic predispositions for mood disorders. We can then use appropriate treatments for those um, uh, specific gene imbalances or gene deficits. And so it's really a powerful addition to our toolkit. Micronutrient testing can assess the global nutritional status of the individual so we can support optimal brain health. And so honestly, there's no reason to suffer with a bad mood. And I know there's people waiting to talk about this. So let's start listening. Yeah, let's do that. I've got uh, DeAndre from Tampa here. Everybody's been waiting patiently. I'm looking forward to him. Hang on. Hey, DeAndre. Good morning. DeAndre, are you there? 
Okay, let's see what Ryan has to say. Good morning, Ryan. Ryan? It seems that we're having a caller problem. There we go. There's Ryan. Uh, good morning. Good morning, all. Um, yeah, I called before and talked about breath work. I'm a trauma healer for many years. Cellular damage due to trauma is something that will not go away on its own. You have to do that breath work and surround those damaged cells with oxygen and put the vibe, the high vibration back in those damaged cells and have a big old cell party and have a big dance party with oxygen. And the best way to do that is to do your breath work. And what you do, what you do is you take a cup, of, a cup and a half of sand. No problem. Sounds like I lost you, Ryan, but I totally agree. I love that idea. Breathwork is the foundation of stable oh. mood. The Buddha has taught us that for uh, millennia. Uh, we, we know that, that breathwork is where we start to bring us back into the present, and being in the present keeps us out of bad moods. Okay, looks like he had dropped on off, so let's go to DeAndre. He called back on in. Our apologies right. to you, DeAndre. Uh, hello. Uh, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, DeAndre. Hey, hey good morning. And um, I want to uh, thank you for uh, continuing uh, this program and following uh, the, the community laws. Uh, that I, I really appreciate it in bringing the awareness of functional medicine, uh, which is terribly needed, I do believe. Um, there's something I learned about recently um, that... Um, like uh, the, the nope, losing you, DeAndre. Uh, good morning. Hello. 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 This is Ryan again. You guy got cut off. There's Ryan again. Hello, Ryan. Oh, am I on? Excellent. Yeah, you're on again. DeAndre just <laughs> faded out, so we're having like a three-way oh, conversation. Oh, we're doing it. We're doing the uh, trade-offs here. Okay. Um, yeah. So you take a cup and a half of sand, put it in a couple plastic bags, put it in a sock, put it on your belly, lay in your back, put some music on and do your breath work. It's going to be tough if you're depressed and you're suffering a loss. Um, it's going to be really tough because conscious yes. breathing is not easy because we're used to automatically breathing. And then when you do a conscious breathing, it's, it's really kind of strange. So even when you just start with 10 breaths, and a lot of people, they cannot do 10 conscious breaths in a row. They get to seven and they stop. And they go, why did I stop? Because you're not used to doing that. You got to do it. You got to just do it. And take responsibility. You can't just sit there. It's so true. Um, and it works. It really. I, I was suicidal for many years with depression. I lost myself, and I was grieving my loss of myself. And I tried so many times the VA, and it just wanted to throw pills at me forever. And I and I tried doing my breath work, and I couldn't do it because I was just struggling so hard. And then finally, I had a breakthrough. <clears throat> And I got uh, an hour's worth of breath in, and I swear, I stood up, and I felt 20 pounds lighter. I could look people in the eye. I didn't even want to look people in the eye because my, my depression was so bad. I didn't want to pass it on to people. And just do your breath work. It's really not a big deal. It feels really good. Even Ryan, Ryan, I would disagree. It is a big deal. It's so a big deal. It's so important. It's critical because breath is life. Prana is spirit. It's not a big deal to do it, really. No, I agree. And I really okay. love, your, I love your input. This is so true. Um, breath is where it starts. And um, I just love your energy. It's all about the frequency. And it's evident that your breath work has brought up your frequency quite high. Try to, 
try to have a friend hold a space for you and sit next to you and encourage you. You're doing well. Yes. You're going. Uh, that's because it's hard to do it by yourself. Buddy breathing. So, I like that. Belly breathing. Have a friend sit next to you and encourage you. You're doing great. You're doing great. Keep going. You've got another 10 minutes, you know, and just yes. then uh, that'll, I mean, it'll, it'll, you'll feel the results immediately. immediately. Yes, I agree. Okay. Right on. Bye-bye. Thank you, Ryan. Have a great day. Much love. Bye. Who do we have next, Bill? Well, in the meantime, I'll read an email. I liked Bill's line about the whole chair. Yes, too funny. He's a good hype man. I totally agree. I love um, working with Bill. And um, David wonders what I think about the closing of the mental hospitals uh, around the state and states uh, about 30 years ago. Uh, he thinks that closing institutions like G. Pierce Wood and Arcadia was a detrimental idea and resulted in, in many mentally ill people living as homeless. Shouldn't we try to reopen these hospitals in a humane manner? Yeah, so the, the, the history of uh, mental hospitals is of abuse. We know that. That's because we uh, decided at some point in society that these poor people were impaired, uh, uh, these poor impaired people were actually morally bereft and we had to torture them. I don't know why that came about, but it did. And in the meantime, um, um, our um, um, uh, very distorted and yeah. um, um, problematic... Um, uh, Let me try and just drop on off some yeah. folks and then we'll go to yeah. um, Sharon or DeAndre. He's back again waiting. Hang on. Okay. DeAndre, you there? I am. I do believe. Hello. Hi, DeAndre. Who's ever got their radio on? Would they please turn it off? Might just have to drop the rest of the callers and have them call back. I'll give my apologies to Gary and Sharon now. And if they call on back, I do have a phone answerer now. Hello. I, I'm hey, DeAndre. Hey, I, I, I want to thank you for uh, soldiering on. Hello? Yes. Yes, I want to thank you for soldiering on the, uh, the program. Um, and it's been a, a great benefit to the community. And um, at the same time, I, uh, given though it's Mental Health Day, I feel like there's something um, that just uh, popped up in recent uh, news where uh, one's allergies and blood pressure might um, uh, have some, uh, <laughs> there might be a link there between that. And I don't necessarily, I apologize if that detours from mental health, but I feel like there's still some connection there. So I if you can elaborate on what those findings were, if you, if you happen upon them. Um, I'm not sure which findings you're talking about. Some relation between allergies and blood pressure? Yes, yes. Um, I, I, I find that, you know, there are times where I'm my most anxious and what have you, you know, and I have a few allergies, but following consuming something that unknowingly contains any of my, you know, you know, those things, you know, that I'm allergic to, um, and you know how caffeine might affect one, but then as well for me, wheat, uh, any of those glutens. And uh, but no, there's some finding uh, now of a link between um, blood pressure and um, uh, uh, allergies. People's allergies, you know, that they, they yes. Might, you know, uh, so that so, uh, that that correlates with um, the mood issue as well, because um, 
allergies are related to histamine and histamine is a neuroactive chemical. It's, it acts like a neurotransmitter. So it actually affects your mood directly and indirectly. The histamine um, uh, causes a little agitation itself, but it also triggers the release of adrenaline or epinephrine. And whenever you have uh, that chemical running around, you have an increase in heart rate and an increase in vasomotor tone, which is the tense, uh, the tensity, the the, uh, the the tightness of the blood vessels. And so um, it will definitely raise your blood pressure and your heart rate. And one thing that we uh, use as a very simple uh, food sensitivity uh, test is to uh, do some um, uh, uh, after 10 minutes after eating a specific food, check your blood pressure and check your pulse. If, you're, if your wow. pulse has gone up more than 10 beats per minute or your blood pressure has gone up more than uh, 10 uh, millimeters of mercury, then you probably have a sensitivity to that food. Well, it's funny because I recall when I was in shape, I was a much younger person. Um, I would cope with some of everything with more sunlight and activity, which just seemed to kind of like help mellow me out, you know, but following off in a meal, what have you, because I'd have, you know, uh, drainage or inflammation or, you know, uh, some of those different sorts of, uh, uh, you know, reactions. Um, and, and it was like a constant, uh, sadly, um, where I had to regularly be active. And so I, I remember just eventually uh, burning out to a degree when it comes to a lot of things and then next thing you know, I have arthritis everywhere. But no, um, thank you so much. That was very, very enlightening. I want to refer to the archive, bring that up to the old doc. Very good. Have a great day, DeAndre. You too, sir. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. Absolutely. Thank you. Right, bye-bye. Yes. Sounds like we have somebody else on the line. Uh, yes. Uh, all I see is uh, remote here. Good morning. Hi, Gary. Am I on? Yeah, hello. I wanna, am I on now? You're on, yes. Yeah, Gary. I want to say that um, um, I was very, very um, depressed for a long time. My son is on heroin. And um, as um, I take antidepressant now for many years, I take Prestique. I took Baxel, um, Lexapro. Um, I took Effectra, but now I'm on Prestige. But I want to say that um, there's help for people like me. And um, I believe 100% in support groups. Um, yes. For Al- Al-Nan for alcohol. Well, I go to Naranon for narcotics. And I've been going now for about 10 years. And there's other parents like me. We need help. And um, support groups are there. Main reason why I'm healthy, and and uh, I seem to get my act together here now. Um, that's wonderful, Gary. Because that really is that's really so important to have that support group. Um, it's the love, it's the relationship, it's the connection that helps bring people out of depressed mood. It is so important. It is critical. We don't heal without community. I remember, um, everybody out there. There's it's called Naranan. It's a 12-step program, and we're all for each other, okay? Yep. Thank you. Wonderful, Gary. Thanks for your input. I'd like to actually um, finish with um, David's um, um, email. Yeah, Um, do that, because I 
It's dark in here now. <laughs> All right. That, uh, well, go ahead and give the station ID. A capital idea there, Doc. Um, you're listening to the Healthy Step Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. And we're looking forward to you calling on in at 813-239-9663 or sending an email to dj at wmnf.org. You can text us at 813-433-0885. There you go. So, thank you. The mental health hospitals. Um, that was a, a, a major travesty that occurred during the tenure of one of the most destructive presidents ever to hit America during my lifetime. And that was Ronald Reagan. He didn't believe that people who had mental health issues should be cared for. So he closed all of the hospitals. He defunded mental health care across the nation. That devastated these people and put them in the streets. They are not functional enough mentally to be able to survive in our society because it demands so much of people. And so these people have basically been abused since the mid 80s when Reagan did this to the mental health industry. And it's really sad that nobody has actually done anything to recover it. Um, another problem was that the um, evil menace uh, Rick Scott actually uh, devastated public health in Florida to the point where DeSantis actually even called out and criticized his predecessor for having ruined Florida's public health system. And that's why uh, Mr. DeSantis had to turn to Publix to distribute those shots because there was no public health system to be able to deliver it. It's pretty sad that we've done that in one of the wealthiest states in the nation. So yes, we should be opening up mental health hospitals and doing it the right way um, and not necessarily making it a place where we just do chemical straitjackets, but actually really do some good work to bring people into the present with connection, with love, with community. I have an email from Robin. Great topic, she says. Everybody's suffering in one way or another. Sorry for your loss. Thank you, Robin. Um, she's still grieving her mom and dad's deaths. It takes a long time there. Once you're an orphan, I'm not yet. I, I watch my um, cousins who have been, and it's difficult. I know it's way more complicated, it seems, but being creative helps Robin distract from being sad and having negative thoughts. She tells people to write or draw. Even just a simple page full of doodles can be quite healing, and it might also give one a little insight into what might be going on in the mind. Here's one of her poems. I love Robin's poems. Doodle your world, make it real. Don't underestimate how the mind can heal. Fish can fly with birds in the sky. The sun's gaze, peaceful days. Keep the magic in your mind. Be strong and truthful, loving and kind. Doodle your world to make it real. It's all in your mind how you feel, Robin Z. Peace, love, and strength out to all those struggling today. Thank you so much for that beautiful poem, Robin. And I like your phrase, peace, love, and strength to folks. Um, one of the people wanting it is Sharon. I've got Sharon on the line here, and she's Good. grieving a little bit. Good morning, Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Hey, Dr. Harvey. Thank you so much for your program. I, I love it. I listen all the time. Um, um, thank you. And I'm just great, you know, it's just a pet. However, you know, it's not I just a, a pet. That was your loved one. 
What was your pet's uh, name? Pinky. Pinky. And, what was, and what was? He was a black cat. But anyway, anyway, what I really wanted to talk about was um, the. Uh, can I when, can I interrupt just for a second? Pinky did not die away from you. Pinky died into you. He's always in your heart. I know. You know. I have his. I made a, a necklace out of his collar and bell. Oh, that that's so sweet. When he died. So, so what did you want to talk about, my dear? Always with me. But I wanted to talk to you about the me- the la- the medications that I was given. Yes. And how negatively they affected me and all I had to do was you know get back to walking which I, I I had not been doing because I had fallen and broken my hip and yes it was really difficult to do and hard to get somebody to come with you and stuff like that and I but I would do exercises at home but anyway I just want to say that the med I was given three different antidepressants and I, I honestly I'm, I can't remember what they were called because I didn't take them very long because I didn't think they were very effective and were they given I, to you were they given to you because of the loss of your pet no they were given to me because of the loss of my father a couple months before that oh, okay so they were, they were treating grief not depression right yeah. So no wonder the medications didn't work well for you because you didn't have a condition that they were treating. They were just giving you adverse consequences and adverse effects because those medicines aren't for grief. They're for depression, which you didn't have. Yeah. But however, I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder when my dad died. Oh, uh, well, were you depressed I, I, before I your dad died? Caretaker. Now, that's a different story. That could be caretaker burnout. And that's a, another different situation that's not major depressive disorder. Caretaker burnout is um, another uh, issue entirely. Yeah. Well, I understand. That's why I wanted to bring the subject up. Yeah, no, that's a very important thing. Thank you. It's, um, I think it's really important. However, you know, it's like I make, I like to cook, so I make good healthy meals and eat well and I walk. And do you I have a good... I can't bicycle do, anymore. That's but do you have a good support network? Um, no. That's but, what you need. Be, exercise is wonderful, but you need to step out into a community. You need to go somewhere and be with people that are of like mind. If you like the Sierra Club or the Audubon Society or the Food Bank or um, WMNF, go somewhere, <laughs> get in with a tribe and join up and be because being is how you get beyond grieving. Okay, thank you. I love you. You help me. I love you too. Thank you so much. I love you too, Bill Grace. Well, bless your heart. Thank you. Love back to you there, Sharon. All so, right. Thank you, Sharon. And I've got Marilyn on the line here. Good morning, Marilyn. Hello. Um, I love Sharon too. Um, I've suffered many, many years, but I'm 66, and um, I know for sure that I cannot not work. I need a sense of purpose. 
Yes. That's, that's one thing that I just, I know, I hang on to, and I look for it, and just I get so stifled and so, so inward, and, um, but having a sense of purpose is one thing that keeps me going. It is so important. I agree yeah. with you. That, that keeps everybody enlivened. That's all I really want to say. I, I feel so bad for sharing them. I understand. Yes, I, really I think do. I think all of us can understand loss. I've been I've been there, and then yeah, hang on, just hang on. Yes. All right. Thank you, Doctor. You're so welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye. I can see that this is really moving a lot of folks, and I want them to feel comfortable to call on in. So I'm going to give the number on out again. And we invite you to participate. Um, the number is 813-239-9663. And you can text us at or email us at dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. So have you got some emails for us there, Dr. Harvey? I do. Here's one. Um, this is from Lou in Ybor City. He says, hey, Fred and Bill. You guys make my Mondays. Thanks for dedicating time to mental health. We all need a little help these days. Know that you make a difference in our lives. Thank you. I really, that's my intent. I want to make an impact. Um, here's another one that seems a little out of the um, uh, topic, but it's interesting. What is my take on supplementing desiccated beef organs? Um, that's an entire subject we could probably spend some time on, but um, honestly, uh, naturopaths and uh, homeopaths, uh, two different healthcare specialties, uh, both use uh, these um, interventions. Uh, there is a suggestion, uh, a belief that they will support the organ that you have um, uh, a problem with say that you have a problem with um, um, energy. Uh, you might take some uh, bovine adrenal or bovine thyroid. And um, though um, uh, in, in those instances, you're actually ingesting the um, uh, endocrine organ. And in some cases, there is still the the hormone left in, in those um, um, supplements like the adrenal supplement might have adrenaline and might have cortisol in the supplement. So it could be actually dangerous to take some of these things depending on what your medical history is. But um, the uh, current rules on the presence of hormones in these organ supplements is that they should be removed. Um, there have been tests, however, done that showed that some of them still do have the hormones. Um, but uh, desiccated thyroid, that's what we actually treat hypothyroidism with. It's desiccated pig thyroid. Uh, it's called armor thyroid or nature thyroid and, um, uh, or just USP uh, uh, thyroid uh, glandular. Um, but basically, that, that actually has thyroid hormone in it. Um, so... Yeah, there there is some utility, but I, I I have one hesitation, and that is it's called prion illness. Uh, we've heard of of um, the uh, mad cow disease. Prion illness comes from eating um, um, meat 
from um, um, animals. And so, especially organ meat and brain meat. And I've seen um, pig brain and beef brain and pituitary gland and other neurologic tissues in some of these um, um, supplements. And so I just, I really have question about it. Uh, to get back into depression though, um, Mary uh, wanted to know what other natural rec- recommendations I have for um, um, depression. Well, for low mood, um, as I already mentioned, diet, exercise, and sleep and relationships are key. But um, some other things that we can do, as I mentioned, um, sometimes the micronutrient testing can show deficits in B vitamins or in vitamin D or in omega-3 fatty acids. Supplementing those can help wake the brain back up. And um, when we do neurotransmitter testing, we can see whether there's enough serotonin or epinephrine or norepinephrine or dopamine. And we can use um, something called monoamine therapy, which is basically using amino acids like tryptophan and 5-HTP and uh, uh, L-DOPA and uh, tyrosine to support the normal process in the body to create these neurotransmitters that are necessary. Again, we got to have a lot of uh, good supportive nutrition to make those happen too. So you need the B vitamins and the magnesium and the zinc and the minerals that'll help to push that through um, the system. And so um, there, are, there are herbal remedies out there that people talk about, but I've actually never seen St. John's wort actually move someone through depression. So I don't really recommend those. I think these other things are actually more powerful. And um, sometimes it could be that the thyroid is off. It could be hypothyroidism. I think it's really helpful to um, look at, um, at those areas. Um, Jerry asks, is there a supplement that helps with stress and anxiety? Uh, he thinks that anxiety makes him have stuttering problems at times. And it probably does because that is uh, a significant portion of stuttering is coming from the, the inhibition in the brain because of anxiety. And things that we can use to help with that, as I mentioned, some of those amino acids could be helpful. Um, but there are some herbs that calm things down if you're having stress and anxiety. Um, valerian is a nice herb that helps with that. Um, passionflower, hops, um, and um, uh, um, some other homeopathics like aconitum could be of value. Um, it seems like we have some callers. Yes, we do. I've got Michelle on the line, and then Ryan is back to try and work with us. Hey there, Michelle, how are you doing? I'm fine. Listening to your talk show this morning is very interesting, as usual. Wonderful. What do you have to say today? You were recently just uh, talking to a lady who you hit on some really interesting subjects for me, um, which was um, grief is not depression, which I really liked hearing, and caretaker burnout is not depression, which I'm writing all these things down. Sense of purpose is so important uh, for sustaining us. (laughs) All three of these things are something that have been major impact on my life in the past seven years. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm currently (laughs) recovering from hip slash pelvic fracture surgery, um, which has been really hard for me to recover from. Um, uh, I've been a hairdresser for 40 plus years and a year and a half ago, 
I did uh, have to take a temporary job as a cashier, which we won't even get into how that <laughs> torments your brain. But um, it was very hard mentally. And so I'm just so happy to hear that uh, because everybody is always trying to tell me I need to take depression medicine. And I have fought that so long because listening to your talk, I'm like, he just told me all the things that I know is what's going on in my life right now. Yes. I uh, lost a son. Uh, it'll be seven years ago. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Mother's Day weekend just passed, so never easy that way. Um, right. Like I said, I, I was been a hairdresser most of my life. That was a big change. I am going to go back to that when I recover. This surgery has been extremely hard. Um, people just don't understand how much of a toll this type of stuff takes on your body. And I just love to hear what you're having to say about grief and not depression and how you talked about caretaker burnout is not depression and what you have to say more on these subjects because they're both things that I have experienced. I'm so glad that this hit the spot for you because it's so important that we understand the difference between these areas where we get trouble and we can work on those areas where we got the trouble and fix those so we're not in trouble anymore. Right. So, and then you're like, sense of purpose is so important. So what um, suggestions do you have for me, especially right now while I'm gimping around on a walker? <laughs> Days are running into nights. I've had problems sleeping since my surgery. I am feel like I'm turning a corner. Uh, physically, it's been really hard, um, especially <laughs> with eating. Yes, so many, so many layers there that you have to deal with, and it's tough to juggle them all sometimes. Um, you've probably done physical therapy already. Yep. Um, I think that muscle activation technique added to physical therapy can be really helpful. It might get you out of the walker sooner. That might help your mood. But if you can get out and go somewhere and be with a group of like-minded people, find your tribe. It is so uplifting. Be with people that you love to be with, and your life will begin to change. That is a no-brainer doctor for sure, but right now it seems like everybody is far and few in between and very, very busy. Well, <laughs> find a group that does have a committed meeting time, like the Sierra Club, the Audubon Society, or anything like that. Um, even your church, um, church socials are places to get with you know, like-minded people to uplift your spirits. Right. These are all things I've been involved in in the past. It's just right now, especially it's so with hard. recovery. Yeah, it's really hard right now. I'm very, well, you know, I can't drive. I'm very, very, very like a turtle on my back right now. <laughs> well, there's often people at churches and things like that that will be glad to carpool. So best wishes, reach out to some of those friends and see what you can develop because relationship is the key to getting out of your current situation. Absolutely. Well, like I said before, I appreciate listening to your talk and I'm I'm super excited to hear, because like I said, caretaker burnout is not depression, neither is grief, which I love hearing those two things. So thank you, and uh, keep up the good work. Glad to help, Michelle. Thank you. Yeah, and as Michelle was saying, you know, she feels like a turtle on her back, and you were saying to go on out and meet other folks. There's the um, video that goes around about, they, there's a 
turtle that is on its back, and another turtle circles it and keeps pushing it until it can get it back on its feet again. Yes. We all need socialization. We get help and strength from our friends. And I've got Ryan on and Paul waiting quietly on the side. So, hey, Ryan, how are you doing? Hey, guys. um, I'll keep it short uh, since I've been on already. Um, um, Doctor, um, I've noticed uh, um, that you're very body-mind, body-mind. you got to do spirit first. You can't begin to exercise. You can't begin to work on your diet. You can't begin to do any of those things if you don't put spirit first. Get the two... Cup to sand, put it in a bag. Relationship, relationship, relationship is spirit. That is all spirit. Well, yes, but you're not going to get it yourself out the door if you don't do your breath work first. You got to do your breath work first. You do. That's physical. (laughs) I love it. It's all tied together. We're all one being. Breath work is not physical. Breath work is, is spirit, complete spirit. Okay. Well, that's that's that. true. I, I will I'll agree that prana is spirit, but it's a physical movement of your body, and the physical movement of your body with the spirit is what changes everything. Absolutely there. I'll agree with that. And I've got Ryan, our Paul here from Safety Harbor on the line. Good morning there, Paul. Good morning. Hey there. Uh, thanks, thanks for the show. It's great. Hey, I just wanted to throw in a book that I read a long time ago called Stranger in a Strange Land. It's a wonderful book. I grok that. It's, a great <laughs> book. it's just great. I mean, the way he groks problems. I, I don't know if I said the word correctly, but Joe, that's right. He, he, you know, he, he thinks through his problems. He doesn't sit there and get well. A lot of times, the guy who goes to a bottom of a pool and sits there for an hour and a half because he's an alien. But uh, it's a, it's a or, great or an book. angel. <laughs> yeah, it is a great, great book. It really is. And it makes us think about the, the connection we have with spirit, the connection we have with spiritual hierarchy, the connection we have with the aliens that might be, and with ourselves, who are the aliens that we don't yet know. <laughs> and I'm, glad you, I'm glad you know of it because it is really a nice read. I think everybody should read Robert A. Heinlein's Stranger in a Strange Land. It is a foundational text that I read when I was 12 years old, and it changed the way I look at life forever. That's funny because I read it when I was in early in college and it just, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, I've got a buddy, we're both 64 and my mom passed last year and his mom passed. And I tell you, we, we had a Catholic service and, you know, did all the normal stuff. And then we had a going away party and uh, it's a going away party. And he just cannot get over the passing of his mother. He just can't. He can't, he can't do it. So, I mean, I, I think it's a mental thing. Yes. You know, it's all, it's all a mental thing and how you think about things. Really? And that's, that's where spirit comes in. It's not just mental. Consciousness is spirit and mind together. And so when we connect the heart and the mind and we dwell in that quiet space within, meditation is one of the ways to also get out of depression. Um, if we can meditate on goodness on being present on just what our body feels like not on meditating on thoughts of negativity because that's not meditation that's that's perseveration and so we could also um talk along about meditation and how that makes uh its impact and breath work with meditation is one of the most powerful things that we can do to transform our lives great yeah i appreciate talking to you glad to talk with you thank you bye-bye uh-huh all right you want to Touch on a couple of more of the emails. I think we're getting close to the last couple of two minutes here. 
Very good, very good. So um, here we have one. Um, this is about, um, uh, my son is 31 and takes levothyroxine for low thyroid. He exercises, eats well, and tries to get enough sleep, but he still deals with depressed mood. Well, there's uh, something interesting about thyroid hormone. Sometimes the body doesn't metabolize it well, and um, it needs an extra bit of a boost to make it actually light up the energy in the system. And so a broad-based thyroid test is often useful, one that looks at the levothyroxine level, that's T4, the lyothyronine, T3, the reverse T3 level, which is an indicator of not enough or too much thyroid, and also um, the TSH. And combining that may give you an idea as to whether or not the thyroid uh, medication is in a, at appropriate levels. But also, um, the when someone's not doing well with thyroid at that age, um, it can also mean adrenal imbalance and also a neurotransmitter imbalance. So it's really worth it to do a four-point salivary cortisol test to assess adrenal function and also to do a um, a test of neurotransmitters, a urine test to look at the serotonin and the dopamine because just tweaking those with a little bit of nutritional support might just alter that mood. Hey there, well, it looks like we're coming to the end of the show here in the Healthy Steps, and I'd like to uh, see, do you have anything you want to tell us about next week, Dr. Harvey? Yeah, I think I'm going to keep this on the um, mental health track for the rest of the month, and Next week, I'd like to touch on anxiety since somebody did bring that one up, and I'd like to see what we're uh, what we can do about that. All right, I'm looking forward to it. And as always, until next Monday at ten o'clock, I'd like to thank you, Dr. Harvey, and all of our listeners, and everyone who called on in, and say take care, stay healthy, and y'all are the greatest. Stay tuned for Sustainable Living. Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Coming on up now is your five-minute NPR News Brief, and then we'll present Sustainable Living, hosted by the award-winning team of Kenny Coogan and Annie Ellis. Today, their guest is Siggy Coco, nationally known for her expertise in sustainable design and natural building. Until next Monday at 10 a.m., thank you for supporting and listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa, your community-conscious radio station. So stay safe, stay thoughtful, and know that you are loved.